0: You're listening to the Father's Wisdom Podcast. This episode is The Overwhelmed Parent. This is the Father's Wisdom Podcast. It's based on Father's Wisdom, which is a series of stories to help families grow closer together and and build a good relationship. Jim Riefenberger, you are the co-founder of Father's Wisdom. Let's talk about the overwhelmed parent. What does that look like? Well, I feel like between
1: all the things going on at work and the download of your your house in order and then your kids have these interactive things with their friends and decisions to make to sign up for this, wanting to go here, go to that. Now parenting becomes very reactionary mm-hmm. and that becomes very stressful. And kids are smart, like in, in my household, they know that I make decisions quick and my wife wants to think it out. So they come to me first because if they can get a quick answer, they figure they can
0: run with it. And right. it, and if they don't like the answer they get from you, then they can go and try the other parent.
1: Yes, but they also know that like what happens in the world that they come to me with a quick decision. If I give that quick decision without good wisdom and talking to my wife, then I'm going to find myself in trouble yeah. with my wife because that's how parenting works. One
0: is quick one is slower yeah that's exactly right and we've been on that like well dad said i could so jeff
1: talk to me about a strategy about how you and Libby sort of use the huddle method
0: yeah okay somebody told me once and i thought it was really shrewd that life is like a football game and the huddle is your house and the family gathers together and they strategize about what's going to happen the next day. And then they come back at the end of the day and they say, what happened well, what happened not? And then today, as a family, you're figuring out how you're facing the world together. Well, if this is a you know football-type you know image, we are the runners of this team. And we need to have our own huddle. So we are proactive, as you say, and not reactive because we kind of know what the next play is going to be like and we're just strategizing a little bit about that. And to me, that was half an hour when I came home. My wife would get done with work earlier than me. She'd be home. I'd come home and I'd say, all right, get out of here, kids. This is our time. And for half an hour we'd talk about each other's day and then we'd look at what the kids had coming up and we would strategize what's coming up this weekend who's going to do this what's the issue at school and that would give us at least a little bit of proactiveness for what was coming down the road
1: now a friend of mine and a client gave me good advice that he did with his wife he just feels like Typical at times communication is weak. So they created a huddle of their own. He has one with his business where they talk about issues and things. And so they do it over a phone call. He sets his calendar. They both just set the time and they take 15 minutes, talk about issues to sort out with the family. They talk about the family plan over the next five years. They just basically open up communication so that it's not this back and forth thing.
0: Mm -hmm. And so there should be, if you think about it, if you're proactive enough, there should be hardly any issues that you haven't at least thought about as parents with your kids. Right. So so dating, you know, that's going to come up after school activities. You know, that's going to come up. Sketchy friend who shows up at the 11th hour with some sort of sketchy idea that you're suspicious about. You know what that's about.
1: So there are two principles on our list that fit this really well. Parents are a team and never parent under pressure of time or emotion. So this huddle idea resolves both of them. And so I recently had this challenge where my 16 year old wanted to drive into Minneapolis area to see his cousins and He had planned all this out with his cousins, and and it sounds pretty fun, but, you know, he hadn't really ran it by us. And so then it became a challenge, right? And so me and my wife were talking about it, but he was going back and forth between us. Uh And so then I reached out to a couple friends, and I I did something that's important. I, I asked other people and got a little advice. What did you do with these kids this age? And both of them gave me good advice. You need to have a handle on it. And one gentleman said, you know what you do is you tell your son, I trust you, but I don't trust all the circumstances with all those teenagers in the car.
0: Yes, think about that. If you say no, their first response is going to be, don't you trust me? All right, you know that's going to happen because you did it when you were that age. So I like his strategy. I what what he was I trust you but not the situation. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so then it allowed us to talk about what part of this was gonna work. And then I said, You know your mom is gonna think the worst and I said, You have to understand how to think for her. Like she's gonna think, Well, what if you get in an accident and you bring your brother along? I mean things could so we need to be aware about these things and he says, Well, Dad, that's not always gonna happen you think the worst. That's true, but we at least compromise on what was going to happen when he got there if he could go and what part he played in it
0: you do know that mothers and dads but mainly moms do read all the headlines of all those tragic accidents and any time your kid gets in a car they always think that and your kid knows that too they they know that that's in their mom's brain and by bringing that up kind of helps them you know navigate this negotiation of what is acceptable for both parties, right?
1: And then you can remove some of the fear, and we got down to a place where we had some compromise, and it ended up being good parenting. Mm -hmm. I
0: I remember, and and to, to remember and share a story helps personalize this. I mean, this is true. I remember being, I think I was 19, in the back of a car, going 110 miles an hour in a 35-mile-an-hour zone, open bottles in the car, six people in the car that only had four seatbelts. And I was not in control of any of that. And you can see how that can happen where you get sucked into something and you think you're going to be able to have control and you do not have control. And one of the strategies that I would also use with my kids is I would say, you know what, you can make me the bad guy. So, for example, one of my daughters was in a situation that she did not like, and it was about 9.30 at night, wrong crowd, wrong kids, wrong circumstances. She was uncomfortable. She said, oh, I got to call my dad. So she called me and she said, dad, are you sure I can't stay later? Okay, I knew what that meant. I said, "Absolutely not, young lady," and I just, you know, and I just, you know, raised my voice. And she says, "Dad, you're such a... And I said, "I don't care what you think. You get in the car, rah 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 rah." And she hung up the phone, and then I went and picked her up. She got in and sulked. We peeled around the corner. Gives me a big smile and a high five, and I said, "Woo! <laughs> well, that was good. Good job." And
1: let's go back to your story about being in the car. Yeah a kid has not have the proactive vision of what's going to happen
0: yeah. but
1: why father's wisdom plays in the car or at home you share your stories of being that 19 year old kid in the wrong spot but that is now wisdom planted much earlier yeah. four or five six times to where he says i don't think i'm going to get in that car
0: yeah
1: right because you you learn from those that go before you, but you must have it planted more than once. Not wait until he's eighteen to tell him.
0: Mm-hmm. And what we find in father's wisdom is these stories. They keep coming back. They keep thinking about it. Oh, like that. They'll, they'll watch a news story about like an accident where four kids get hurt, and they'll say, "Oh, that kid in the back seat. I bet he was kind of like you." And, I, and you'd say, "Yeah, that's right, boy. I sure." You know, God was watching out for me for that day, boy, I don't want. And then, and then that sort of develops the relationship, that increases the conversation, that plants the seed, that bears fruit of a long-term relationship with you as a parent and them as an adult child now, that is really, uh, really a blessing. Part of the problem with parenting is i
1: made a lot of mistakes, so being vulnerable is not very much fun, or being honest about the choices I made. So I'm fearful that if I shared that, that gives them permission to do something stupid. Uh But you're going slow with these seeds, and then you allow more time and more honesty to show up when it's the right time. Mm -hmm. You don't have to give them all of this in one story. It's it's slow, seed, seed, seed. Mm
0: -hmm. When they're little... Well, you know, I made some mistakes when I was a kid. That's enough. When they're teenagers, you say, yeah, I got caught in a bad crowd. And maybe you can drop some seeds of real regret that they can hear at that age. Yeah. So it's Father's Wisdom, and you can go and find out more at fatherswisdom.net. Fatherswisdom.net. I'm Jeff Gould. I'm Jim Riefenberger. May God bless you and your family.